Welcome to the Bitches Be Brave podcast. We know how difficult and crazy it can be to juggle family, career, and not to mention make time for yourself as a busy working mom. So it's time to get inspired and gain the tools to create a life you love. We are your hosts, Bev Steele and Heather Hobbs. Join us as together we motivate, inspire, and gain tools to thrive in all areas of life. Let's go. Welcome. We are here today interviewing Michelle Emick, and we are talking plastic surgery, the the taboo word that nobody wants to talk about. Plastic surgery or really any invasive or non-invasive procedure, right? Doesn't necessarily have to be that, Heather. Botox? Hmm? Botox? Mm -hmm. Well, (laughs) I... It was funny because this is a topic we haven't really talked about on this show, and you know, I think... But I think for any woman of our age, it's probably something you think about at some point, you know, and even if you have a strong opinion on it, I think we all, after having kids or just aging, you look in the mirror and you find things that maybe you don't love. And it's, it's, it was an interesting conversation because it's not about, I love how she phrased it. It's, it's, it should never be about pleasing somebody else or wanting to look like somebody else or look better for somebody else, but it's how are you feeling when you look in the mirror? And I think that was the, the good question and good discussion we had. Exactly. It's a personal decision, and I think it's something that you should, should be proud of to want to take care of yourself. If, you, if it's something you want to do, great. If it's something that you don't want to do, great. Let's just all support each other. I know. I always have my list, like my wish list, but I I haven't really gone down there yet. Like, I think I would, I'm always like, okay, I would do my my armpits or maybe my neck or something like that, my eyes. But um, I don't know. It was good. I think it's, you have to weigh out the risks and know what the right time is and if it's for you or not for you. I'm holding out for the procedure where they start at my toes and just pull it all Uh, the way up to my head and Cut it off. In a ponytail? Hide it under- <laughs> yes. Exactly. Oh, my gosh. That would be really funny, actually. You'd yeah. be really Oh, my gosh. Well, that's the thing. I think for me, it's almost I'm afraid to start because then I'm afraid I wouldn't want to stop. But with that being said, I do think that it's a choice for everybody and no judgment. So she is – Michelle is – super enlightening. She's got so much experience and she's just really down to earth. And I think you guys are going to love this episode. Yeah. The bottom line is you got to educate yourself. And if you don't have time to educate yourself, get with somebody that can help you and to, to learn more and know more, make the right decision. Here we go. Hey guys, we're just taking a quick break to tell you about an amazing new wine that we just discovered. You guys know that nobody loves a glass of wine more than we do, but when we learned what is actually in the wine that we were drinking, we were shocked. No wonder we were getting headaches, brain fog, and having trouble sleeping. That's right, Heather, but then we discovered Dry Farm Wines. Dry Farm Wines are organically crafted, unprocessed wine free of sugar, additives, and lower in alcohol. These wines are amazing, and they're better for our bodies and our planet. Now we can enjoy the pleasure and euphoria of wine without the negative effects of higher alcohol consumption. To find out where you can try these amazing wines and get a special Bitches Be Brave discount, click on the link in our show notes below. 
Welcome. We are here today with Michelle Emick, known as the Plastic Surgery Coach. She is the CEO and co-founder of My Coach MD and an Amazon best-selling author with her debut book, Blue Collar Beauty. Michelle has spent close to 20 years in the aesthetics field, having performed over 10,000 patient consultations and working with over 3,000 surgeons and support staff. With her mantra of know before you go, Michelle saw a need in the market for helping others. Women being so busy, they don't always have time to do all their research, whether that means looking into procedure options or finding the right doctor. Her company not only helps the consumer, Michelle and her colleagues work closely with practices all over the world to provide exceptional patient experiences. Michelle, we are so excited to talk with you today. This is a topic we have not really gone down on our show yet, yet I think it's a topic that probably most women have thought about in some point in their lives. So welcome, and we're really excited to talk to you. Thank you so much. I'm so happy to be here. So Michelle, tell us how did you get into how did you get into this career and maybe to kind of tell us what led you into, you know, opening your own business and writing the book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I had I had I would say that my first kind of dose of consultative selling um, started in the weight loss industry. And I had spent um, almost six years in that industry. And I had, it was kind of one of those things where I had saw an ad in the paper that, or in on, online that said, um, uh, you know, looking for consultative sales in plastic surgery. And I thought, oh, what's that all about? You know, because I don't, I don't, I came from a small town in upstate New York. Nobody really, anybody I knew had plastic surgery. It was kind of a little, you know, dating myself back then, but it really wasn't something that anyone really was that knowledgeable about. Um, but it said, if you had experience, like in healthcare or weight loss, so I went for the interview and I um, got the job and I ended up working for a company that was the largest um, national chain for a plastic surgery. Um, I worked there for six years and I started off as a consultant where I would meet one-on-one -on -one with um, potential patients. And I absolutely fell in love with it and I was extremely successful at it. And um, at the time, the, you know, the owner of the company was like, okay, who are you? <laughs> Where did you come from? We've never seen somebody have, you know, this many patients scheduling. And I said, well, you know, I had taken what I had learned from the weight loss industry where I knew that, you know, and I'm somebody that's like struggled with my weight my whole life. I, I talked about it in the book. Um, and I, I took those, that experience that I had because it was a very emotional, um, you know, conversation that you would have with people and you're trying to help them reach a goal. And so I took everything I knew there and I kind of catapulted it into this job, which then allowed me to train and coach others. And I ended up working my way um, very quickly in the company to being the head of sales and where I had, you know, several hundred consultants under me and I had no experience in the industry, but I knew that I had a passion for it of helping people. I knew that people were coming to us in a time in their lives when they didn't feel their best and they, we had something that could help them. So I really immersed myself into it. I spent as much time as I could with the doctors, kind of learning, um, you know, as much as I could on the medical side and really understanding what provides a great patient experience. And so I opened uh, over 20 locations. I traveled all across the country for years. I was on a plane every week. Um, but through that, I had a chance to meet so many thousands of patients with these wonderful stories. And um, I found two areas. One was I wanted to share those stories and kind of give a different perspective um, out there to 
plastic surgery because there is such a stigma attached to it. So number one, I wanted to share that side. And number two, I saw so much that was missing for all my years and I've worked with private practices and I've worked with a lot of the chains. Um, people need to have a great experience and there's so many pieces that would be missing uh, whether someone wasn't educated properly, or maybe they didn't, they, they got gouged on a price that maybe we know that's out there that they shouldn't have paid. So I wanted to create and start a company, my coach MD, where I could use my experience so I could educate and support that consumer to say, you know what, know before you go, get the facts. You know, this is a big deal when you're going to have plastic surgery. You need to make sure that you're, you know, you are comfortable with the doctor, all your questions are answered. Um, and that somebody is holding your hand through the process because there's a big emotional component too. And um, I always say this is not to go against um, the offices or practices out there, but they're so busy that they don't have time for that extra handholding. And it's such an industry that where people need that. And, you know, having met with so many people, I just, I would hear that I would people, you know, they, what's interesting is the number one complaint you find in plastic surgery is people may have may say they're upset with the outcome, but almost every time they say, this is how you made me feel. So it really was about the experience because people will forgive a lot of things because you you know, touch-ups and revisions are big in plastic surgery. It's not talked about a lot, but it's a huge <laughs> percentage. Um, but if you make someone feel good and you let them know that they're, you know, hey, if you have an issue, you can call. If you are, you know, whatever that situation is, and unfortunately that you, you know, that's a missing piece. So I created my coach MD to, to not only help the consumer, but also coach practices and staff to say, Hey, you know, there's some touch points along the way that you're missing that could provide a better experience, which, and then turn, you know, it makes them more money and it makes the patient happier. So mm -hmm. it's a win-win for everybody. Yeah. I, um, Heather and I talk a lot about, uh, women really being their authentic self and, and sharing the ups and downs. We talk more about, you know, when you go to work, you have to hide that you're a mom and you're at drop off and you have to hide that you're, you have this work life. So when you talk about the stigma of plastic surgery, what it brings to mind to me is that we as women, maybe there's a little bit of shame with it. Like we don't want to talk about the fact that we really feel like we need you know, a mommy makeover or whatever that is. Is that kind of what you were talking about with the stigma? Could you expand on that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of different stigmas that come with it. I think, you know, we live in a judgmental society to begin with. You know, our whole world is is set up that way. You know, <laughs> you look at these TV shows, we're, you know, judging people for, you know, so yeah. I think there's a, you know, there's a real fear factor and we have, it's, you know, we have been pushed through, um, you know, social media and these different platforms of the way we're supposed to look. And so it's that push pull with, with women specifically. It's like, well, I want to look my best, but I don't want to look too overdone, but I don't want people to know, but I'll get a little thing here and there, you know? So it's like, I, I always tell people like own whatever it is. If you want something done, I, you know, if you want it, go for it. If that's something to do, but I understand it can be personal, it can be private, but we have to get to a point where, um, you know, we're comfortable being ourselves and there's nothing wrong with plastic surgery. Um, you know, people are going to have their opinions. I think one of the things that's been, been great about the book is I've had a lot of people change their understanding of the industry because they just, all they see is what is put out there, which are, you know, these perfect bodies. And my message out there, which I talk a lot in the book is I'm like, those are not 
I've seen thousands of bodies. Okay. I used to, I laugh in the book. I say like, I see naked people for a living. Nobody looks like that. Okay. I'm just going to put it out there. No one looks like that. Those are airbrushed photos. And so we're constantly trying to push for the strive for perfection. It's not real. And so I wanted to put it, I wanted to remove that stigma of the, you know, not everybody is looking. And, and if this is what you want, it's okay. But not everybody is looking for the Kardashian kind of tiny waist and big backside. Some people have a legitimate story. Whereas, you know, and that's what I share in the book is kind of saying there's a beautiful side to plastic surgery. Um, and I wanted to share that. And I, I think that's what the book conveys that people came out going, wow, I thought I'd never supported plastic surgery. And now that I've read the book, I have such a different outlook on it. And I'm like, yay, okay, I did my part then because I really, it's such a, it's such a beautiful, wonderful industry to help be a part of changing someone's life. And if people are doing it for the right reasons and they are comfortable with their decision and they have, you know, it can be just a, it can be life-changing. I mean, I really see that part of the part of the struggle in my own opinion that women may have is not even just themselves right because they look in the mirror they see themselves and say okay god i hate this i mean i'll, I'll tell me like i hate my mm -hmm. under armpit area hate it self-conscious you'll see me doing this all the time because i hate it but like to have the guts to maybe tell certain groups of friends or even my husband my husband's like so against anything he thinks he just doesn't want me to ever look made up he says he hates that look on people i mean he was like dead against botox but i was like what do you don't know it won't hurt you <laughs> but believe me I, I, yeah I hear that don't tell him don't I, I, tell him. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't know so it's but it's it's to me it's mick how do you have that conversation like say i have you know a group of friends from you know, if you're in church or your group of friends from school who maybe just aren't that, you, you know, at least you don't think that they're into mm -hmm. going into the plastic surgery realm. And it's, I think it's that, right? Is how do you have those conversations with people that maybe you think don't believe the same thing? That you yeah, no, it's a great question. And I, and I, you know, dealt with it for years. Again, I think things have changed from when I started 20 years ago. And now, you know, people be like, oh, I'm even, I'll use my mother, for example. She was like, I don't even know why anyone get, would ever get anything done. Fast forward years later, <laughs> she's getting like, her eyes done and she's had a laser peel. She's like, oh my gosh, I look so great. But I think one of the things that it comes back to is being your authentic self. Mm -hmm. So, you know, everybody has things about themselves. And again, like it's very common, by the way, for friends and spouses to not support the decision. But I ask, when I do consultations, I like to get, and I talk about it in the book, but I like to get real with people and say, what is it that you want? You know, quit worrying about what your friends think, what your husband thinks. You're the one that looks in the mirror every day. And if you look in the mirror and there's something about yourself that you want to change, you have the financial means to do it. You're not changing yourself to, you know, for any reason other than you want to look your, and feel your best. Then don't worry about what other people think, you know, because they're going to have their opinion and everybody has their own set of issues. So you know, it's like, we, I just, I've seen it for so long. I, I've been in conversations with people where they're just like, oh, I just don't believe in that. And I'm like, well, that's okay. You don't have to. I believe in it and I'm going to own it and I'm going to look great and I'm going to feel great. And you know, <laughs> good luck to you. Yeah. You do you and I will do me. And I think we, again, we have to get past this, you know, whole thing where we're so always worried about what other people think. It's mm -hmm. really at the end of the day, who, who cares, right. you know? Yeah. Really, who, who cares? <laughs> I've said to my husband before, if part of being a, a dad 
meant that your private parts were then going to be stretched out and to the ground mm -hmm. that you would be able to get a daddy makeover. We call them mom makeover <laughs> yeah, right. paid by insurance today <laughs> because, you know, it's just, it is something for some women after they have kids or whatever and Absolutely. a breastfeed and they're going in and every morning they're changing and they're getting that feeling like, oh gosh. So I do think it's a very personal, but then it's okay to share that information. Absolutely. And I think the thing is because I train a lot of consultants and I talk about it in the book too. It's like, I'm not afraid to say I'm in sales. I've been in sales for years and it's not a dirty word in the medical industry. It's very like, people are so afraid to say it like, Oh, I'm like, it's okay. You know, people know, people know that they're coming in for a service. Um, but if you do it ethically and you have the, if you're there to serve them, but I have a lot of conversations with women about their spouse or their friends. And I, and I said, you know, do they understand how important it is to you? Because I'd be hard pressed to believe that a husband and I, and I always get in with people. I'm like, I want to know his name, how long you've been together. Like, I really need to understand your personal story so I can help you with even what that conversation looks like. Because if they know how important that is to you and exactly what you just said, you know, Bev, about the fact that, you know, you're getting up every day and if someone's looking at themselves and they don't like, like if your spouse truly knew that that's how you felt, I, be, I, I would have to say that if you're, if you're, you know, if your relationship's good, obviously, then, you know, they're going to say, you know what, honey, if that's what you want and that's going to make you feel good, then go for it. I support you. I think it's just people are afraid to have the really heart to heart conversation and they just don't, all they hear is you complaining or looking in the mirror and go, oh, I'm so fat. or look at my, look at this is stretched out or I need to, you know, really sit down and have a real conversation about this is affecting me. Like I don't feel my best because what I see on the flip side is when people do have something done, their relationships change for the better. I mean, husbands especially are always like, mm -hmm. oh my gosh, she's so confident. I love to see her confidence. She's beaming, she's shining. And that's what it's all about. So as a plastic surgery coach, I focus on that conversation. I've had a ton of conversations with husbands and I want to coach people throughout that journey so that they do have that end outcome. You know, it's no different than working out with a personal trainer. Kind of you start in one place and mm -hmm. it's hard throughout the process, but look at the end result, you know? So I do hear from husbands a lot. They're like, well, I don't want her to look so good. She's going to leave me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, well, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother situation. Yeah, step up your game there. Mister. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So we need to get something done, but yeah, right. I, know, I, I really do think it's sharing with the people that are closest with you how, you know, something is affecting you in the day to day. And, and if it is important to you, because, you know, nobody wants someone to be not feeling their best. Yeah. Well, one of the things I, I think about personally too, that I think is probably a big concern. And I'd love for you to maybe, if you have the numbers and tell us this, but I mean, we think about the risks, right? That you hear these stories about people going in mm -hmm. for surgery and not waking up. Um, and you also hear about like the botched ones, the ones where you look, you know, I've seen those women walking down the road where one is clearly bigger than the other and mm -hmm. one is up here, one's down there. So, you know, how, how often, you know, do things go wrong in within these plastic surgery? And I'm sure it has, it really is about vetting and finding a, a reputable doctor, right? Who's got the right credentials and experience, but um, how real is that concern of safety, but then also um, the efficacy of the? Uh, it's very real. It, absolutely. It's very real. And it's one of the reasons why, you know, I, I share, um, share kind of questions to ask and things to look for and why I even have my business because, you know, 
there's so, so many, and again, this all comes from years of experience. I, and if you name it, I've seen it. And so, you know, people, for example, buying on price, like, oh, I'm going to get this done because I can get cheaper down here. No, <laughs> uh -huh. no, that's not a reason to have to know. Or, you know, I just, I'm so busy. I'm only going to go to one doctor. No, you know, you have to do, you have to do the basic things. You have to, you know, we do that part of our company. We do that. Like we'll vet the doctors, but I never tell a doctor person who to specifically go to. You have to make that decision on your own. But yes, there is a high revision rate. Um, in facial plastic, there's a high revision, there's mortality rate. I mean, people mm -hmm. like the Brazilian butt lift, very high percentage of mortality in that surgery, yet people don't even think about that. All they think about is the visual. I want that. I want that look. I want to look like that. And so it's unfortunate. I'm trying to out, be out there educating people. Um, there's, you know, there's risk in anything you do. So I don't care what it is. So there's, you know, there's a lot of procedures out there the percentage is low across the board, but yes, it is there. Um, and then, like I said, with revisions, uh, very high percentage in plastic surgery, people don't talk about it, um, but things can be fixed for the most part, you know, but do the work on the front end so you don't have that issue on the back end. Um, one of the biggest things I've seen in my career is that when you see some of the um, unfortunate things that happen, it's due to lack of, um, uh, lack of responsibility of the patient, mm -hmm. whether they're not, they don't disclose information. This happens all the time. They don't tell you what's going on with them physically. They don't disclose all their information. Mm -hmm. Maybe they're not following the post-operative instructions properly. Right. I mean, that's the type of stuff where, you know, again, it's like having somebody that's coaching you to say, listen, you know, you need to follow these things. You need to document when you're taking your medication. You, we need to know everything you're on. Um, you would people, when it comes to plastic surgery, there's that, there's a percentage of people that just, they don't care. They just, all they have in their mindset is I, this is how much money I have and I want to have it done. I want to have it done. Now they go to other countries and have it done. They don't think of the ramifications on the back end if something happens, you know, so there's, I just tell people like, just that's our tagline. It's like, know before you go, let's let, let us educate you on the front end and then support you throughout the journey and on the back end. But it absolutely is real. Um, I don't say it to scare anyone, but the reality is if you don't do your research and vet the, the doctors and make sure, you know, I tell people like specific things, like this is just one example, not all doc plastic surgeons are created equal. So everyone has a specialty. So if you're looking for a breast augmentation, you want to go to the doctor that that's, they do the most of that. And then mm -hmm. you, know, you see before and after photos, you feel comfortable, you know, looking at the different implants and that type of thing. You can't, it's not a one size fits all. And a doctor that tells you that is not <laughs> telling the truth. So that's actually um, a question I was going to ask you because you can have a group of very reputable doctors mm -hmm. and they have their array of services. How do you know that they are the, you know, asking questions, neck lift guy, you know, yep. boob guy <laughs> or girl, whatever. No, it's a, it's a like, great thing. You know I that? mean, asking questions. And so one of the things that, and this is funny because I just recently joined a Facebook group um, and it's really hard for me to be on those because there's so much misinformation. I end up always having to like pop off it. Cause I'm like, yeah. oh, I, can't. I, I mean, I would spend my whole day answering questions, but I mean, it's much as you want to go to your friend who had Dr. So-and-so and this one that do your own research and again, ask those questions. If you go in prepared saying, okay, these are the things I need to know, um, looking at before and after photos. And if you have that information and you feel 
comfortable, then that would be the direction to go. I mean, is it always a guarantee? Of course not. But we're so quick to rely on like Google search, you know, like, oh, doctors in, you know, San Diego. Or whatever. It's like, no, let's, Yelp. Don't yeah, Yelp yeah, your yeah. plastic surgeon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Step back and just, you know, focus on getting the facts because this is a big, it's a financial decision. It's an emotional decision. It's, you know, obviously physical change to yourself. Um, you want to make sure that you've dotted all your I's and crossed your T's and, um, that's, you know, girlfriends are great to ask questions to and things like that. But at the end of the day, you need to make that decision for yourself because it's not a one size fits all. Yeah. So what do you, what, I mean, are there women, I'm sure, have you had to counsel women and tell them no? You know, you've seen those women that kind of take it too far, right? So how do you address those conversations with people? Yeah. Well, you know, that's a good question. Yes, I have. I you know, it's one of those things where it's exactly that it's a conversation. So it kind of leads to, um, you know, put more thought into, you know, really there's sometimes you just have to, you have to say, you know, it's again, at the end of the day, I can always push anything onto the doctor. So, okay, why don't you talk to the doctor? Mm -hmm. <laughs> but, you know, I, I always kind of looked at myself as like a girlfriend and I have no problem saying someone, I'm like, listen, this is, I want you to do what you want to do, but you really need to look in the mirror. Like if you've done something this many times, at what point, because people will tell you, they're like, oh, I'm just trying to get my relationship back. And I'll flat out tell them, I'm like, okay, well, that's a wrong reason to have this done. Like, mm -hmm. If that's why you're doing this, you need to go back and really look at, you know, and there are, that's the part, the front end that people don't think about. I mean, the doctor's the ones doing the surgery and I love them. They're, they're, you know, they're all talented, but there's a big front end component. Yeah. The, I have one doctor that, said to me after she started doing her own consultations and it was like a year later, she's like, Oh my gosh, I had no idea how much work was on the front end of what you, what you guys yeah. do. And I'm like, yeah, it's like a counseling set. I mean, you're going yeah. through everything. It's, it's, it's a lot, but um, yeah, you be, I have, I will just tell someone, I'm like, you know, I would ask you to just do, you know, take some time, step back and really take a look at what you want to have done. But at the end of the day, the doctor, hopefully it's a good doctor won't agree to do it. They'll just yeah. say, you know what, no, it's, you're not the, you know, I'm not comfortable doing that. And they have the right to do that. Yeah. So how old is too old, do you think? Um, I say this because of my mom is 90 and she still will make comments like, oh, I really should. <laughs> you know? um, I've seen a lot of 90-year-olds have facelifts. Um, mm -hmm. Again, it's about your health. And looking at, you know, does she have other, you know, does she have other health issues and where is it, you know, how does she live her lifestyle? And if, if the doctor's comfortable, there's a lot of procedures now, like facelifts in general, you know, a lot of them are done under, they're more like mid facelifts. Um, there's different types, neck lifts and things, but they can be done under local anesthetic, which takes mm. the anesthesia out, which is great. Mm. Um, and so I'm, I'm a much bigger fan of surgery than I am non-surgical things only because um, when we talk about efficacy, but sometimes people they're spending money on things and they're not necessarily seeing the big result. And so I just want to always make sure people know what they're getting. But um, yeah, I mean, if you're 90 and you're healthy and the doctor's okay with it and they've done all the work and, you know, looked at your medical history, then what, you know, go for it. Why not? That's awesome. And how young do you think is too young? You, I, you know, yeah. we hear about stories about girls getting breast augmentations younger and younger and parents, giving it as gifts for birthdays. What do you think so, about that? Yeah, I personally, um, I don't believe in that. That's just me. Um, I have not 
myself seen too many young people. I know there's been a few in my career where parents have come in where it's like for ear pinning um, and type of things. Uh, you know, I think that's a personal choice with your family. I just, I, I, would I want it for my, you know, kids? No, but yeah. you know, nobody walks in their shoes. I would say I would like to see someone wait till they're at least till they're 18 um, to make that decision. I, I don't understand how a parent would be okay with their 16 year old getting breast dog. Like I, I don't, if it's something that like maybe they're bullied or teased about or something like, again, that you're, that you're pinning the autoplasty, like that, I guess I could understand if it's something that's been their whole life, but some of that other yeah. stuff, I mean, yeah. I'm sorry, I'm a mom. No. That's crazy. <laughs> I mean, we're, we're, just look at the choices that we all made at that age, you know, and, oh and my gosh. like boyfriends in clothes and music. Like sometimes yes. you go, oh my God, if you were to just <laughs> surgery right. in those same. <laughs> I had a tattoo when I was 18 and my ankle and I really re regretted it my whole life. <laughs> get that removed. But it's like one of those things where you're 18. And so, but you do see, I think breast augmentation is a big, you know, people don't, <laughs> these young girls, you know, all again, it's just visual. They're not looking at what that, story is going to be another 10 or 15 years I'm like whether it's revisions or you know implant exchange or health risks I mean there's a lot of things that you have to you have to do that you're not emotionally um you know mature enough to make that type of decision 100 mm -hmm. well the other thing that I always struggle with when I um hear stories about women who go in and especially kind of like the, the mommy makeover ones. But mm -hmm. I believe, you know, my, my whole background has been around nutrition and health. And, um, I have a degree in diet as, as a dietitian, but it's like the women who think that going in and having surgery or having liposuction or a tummy tuck is going to like help them get the body of their dreams. If they're not also exercising and they're not doing the work to lose mm -hmm. the weight, you know, and I've seen women go in and have surgery and look amazing. And then three to five months later, they're right back to where they were. And so right. I, I just feel like, like how much of that, um, you know, I, I always think about that, like, Oh my God, are these women being coached? It's like, you spend all that money and go through all that to get your body for a short minute, but if you're not you, fixing yeah, foundation. No, you're, you're absolutely right. And I've seen it. I mean, many times where people mm -hmm. get like liposuction is a big one, like they get liposuction, then they go right back to the same habits they had before. Mm -hmm. So it's like really saying what, you know, one of the things we have a conversation is like, what is, what is your plan? And the other thing too, is telling people like, I'm big on setting proper expectations. So if you come in and you're a, you know, your BMI is considered overweight or obese, like you have other underlying issues you have to work on. And this isn't going to take you down to, you know, a size zero and you're going to yeah. look a certain way. So there's, you have to, we do hear some people say like, I'm doing it for a jump start. So again, it's like understanding what the reason is, but yes, it's people constantly are looking for quick fix. It's just the world we live in. It's why the weight loss industry is huge. And people are like, let me do a quick diet or let me do liposuction. Let me do something that's going to quickly get me there. But that's not going to, that's not long game, right? That's just a short game. And, you know, so again, it's just having, I can't tell someone if you want to spend your money, but I certainly am going to have that conversation with you. Like you're not even healthy. You're not even at a healthy weight. Now there's a lot of great doctors that won't even do um, liposuction yeah. on someone unless they have mm -hmm. a BMI, like say 30 and below. Um, again, it comes down to the, you know, is a doctor going to be honest with you? Is he going to, is he going to say, Hey, listen, you know, you're overweight. You need to lose weight, come back. And after it's been stable for six months and you've maintained that weight, 
then we'll come in and do liposuction. Um, yeah. It's, you know, you don't see that everywhere. Well, and the other scary mm -hmm. thing is we live, so where we live is San Diego and we're like 40 minutes from the border. So a lot of times I've heard a lot of people going over into Tijuana yeah. to get things done at a much lower price. But to me, yes. that's so scary. And horror stories. We hear horror stories. It's about very that. scary. And again, it's just, we see it down here. Like I'm in Florida and no offense to Miami because there's some phenomenal doctors, yeah. but I will say you, everybody knows if you live in Florida, you know, if you want it, it's plastic surgery cheaper you can go down to Miami and have it done. And there's mm -hmm. some doctors who knows if they're board certified that they'll go in. And, and so again, it's that quick fix. And it's that mentality that, you know, I personally, like those aren't people that I want to work with. Um, and I, that's why I will say, you know what, I, we can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just, I mean, it's just a, another good reason to have a coach because anything that you're entering into that's new territory for you, if you can, you know, get your knowledge quicker by somebody that's been there, understands it. So research is so important, I think. It is. And like, even when I, so when I went to write the book, um, I was started writing it. And I was like, you know, I could really, I know, I think I might would want to coach. I, I'm not, I know nothing about writing a book. <laughs> I knew I had yeah. some stories I went around. <laughs> so I hired a coach and I actually ended up, I had a great coach. And then I, um, I brought on a lady that I met with who's had a lot of like work with a lot of New York Times bestsellers and kind of, you know, how to position it and your launch team and all that. And it was worth every, every penny. I mean, it wasn't a huge expense, but it was worth it. And so it's the same thing with my business. Like people might be like, well, you know, do I want to pay for a coach? So you're going to spend a few hundred dollars, whatever, but essentially you're going to have somebody that's going to be able to guide you and give you the right information. You know, right. Facebook groups, I understand them, you know, but he just, you're, you're opening a, a, a and these people don't have experience in the industry. They haven't worked inside of it. So maybe because you've had a procedure doesn't make you a subject matter expert. Mm -hmm. And so I see it all the time. And um, I would just ask people like get the facts and make sure that you're, you know, this isn't something to, to mess around with. Yeah. I agree. That's awesome. Well, Michelle, I love what you're doing. And I, I think it's so huge. I mean, I think everyone should be picking up the phone and calling you if they're thinking about doing this, <laughs> but I do love that you're empowering women too and saying, you know what, this is not, it doesn't have to be a bad and negative thing if it makes you feel good about you. And I love that. And I'm going to, I'm going to hang well, on to that and go sell my husband on it later. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, listen, that's why I said, I'm like, I talked to a lot of husbands. I mean, people are like, oh my gosh, I can't. And I'm like, well, all right, call them in. Like, let me meet with them. Let's talk yeah. to them. Because again, I think we all have, to, everyone has difficulty having those kind of conversations, you know, but yeah. if you, re I, like I said, I think if you really sat down with your spouse, your partner, whatever, and said, here's how I'm feeling. And then I have a solution to make me feel better. And I know maybe you don't hundred percent support it, but I would ask you to support me in my decision. Yeah. I mean, you know, nine That's times out of 10, they're, they're going to say, I, I get it. I and it. the positives, when you do it the right way and you do all your research and you're healthy and you've done all your, all of those pieces, it's the reason I'm in the industry. I say it's like, I'm in love with the industry because to see the transformation when someone feel looks good and feels good. Yeah. It's like priceless. It's absolutely priceless. Like they dress different and they, I have a very soft spot. I always talk about for women, um, over usually over that 55, 60, where there's, where they're seeing themselves in the mirror and they're, you know, they, they'll say to me, I don't recognize myself anymore anymore. I still feel 25 in the inside. And now I see this old woman staring at me back in the mirror and I, 
And to be able to see that transformation, I mean, their whole yeah. face just like lights up. It's, it's beautiful. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm, I'm a, I fall apart every time. <laughs> like, That's right. true. That's true. I have one of my aunts who did that. She, um, she got divorced and she, I mean, the last person in the world that I would have thought, because she's just the person that was never that into clothes or makeup or, you know, anything. And she went and she just had, she had her chin lifted. She had a a facelift, Mm -hmm. her eyes. She looked amazing and it just transformed her, how she dressed, how she walked. She, she went out, she got a new boyfriend and like, all right. Yeah. She was living. That's the story of everything I love. I have learned, I was 20, you know, my early twenties when I started in this industry and I had started in the company was, was facial, facial plastic. So I'm, I spent every day talking to women over the age of 50 and I learned so much from them. And it was, it was such a wonderful learning experience. Um, but just to see these women who had raised children their whole lives and, you know, married or job or whatever their story was. And, and they just, they came to a point in life where they're like, I'm tired. Like, I don't, I don't, who is this woman? And then to be part of that transformation, what is just, and it's everything they do. They change their hair, the way they carry themselves, their clothing. And I love the whole package. Like I love it all. I'm like, go for it, go for it and live your life because you've earned it. Women were, yeah. you know, we wear a lot of hats and we do a lot of things. So if you want it, go out and get it. You deserve it. That's awesome. I love it. So where can our listeners get a hold of you? How can they find your book? Yeah. So the book is, you can, it's online at all the major retailers, um, like Barnes and Noble and, and you can, obviously Amazon is probably the easiest, uh, but some people don't support Amazon. So if you want, um, yeah, you can go to Target, you can go to um, uh, Barnes and Noble. And then you can also go on, I have uh, bluecollarbeauty.com. And then of course um, the company website is my coach MD. And um, you can also get the book that links there as well. But um, if you're interested in, if any of your listeners are interested in, in a coach or getting more information, you know, I'd love to love to be able to talk to them and, and help guide them through the journey. Awesome. Okay. So Michelle, the last question is, what does it mean to you to be brave? So I would say what it means to me to be brave is taking chances and with confidence and knowing that, you know, following what, where your heart leads, whatever that may be. Um, because there's always going to be, there's always going to be uncertainty out there, but if you follow where your heart is and what you truly believe on the inside and what it is that you want for yourself, um, it will be, it will, you know, it will bring great things. So beautifully so very good. Thank you so much. I uh, thank you again for taking the time to be on here and I hope all of our listeners go and check you out before they make any decisions. So awesome. Thank you so much. Thanks. Great talking with you. You as well. Hi, everyone. I hope you enjoyed this podcast. And I'd like to ask you if you did, if you could please go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review and a five-star rating, I hope. I would really would like to get this podcast out to more women, supporting women, and I can't do it without your help. Thanks so much and be brave.